0: Welcome to Doing CX Right, a podcast where we discuss how to differentiate brands by doing customer experience right. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, an author, award-winning keynote speaker, and mentor passionate to help you humanize business and improve experiences to achieve real results. Nearly every company I know has a technology team, otherwise known as IT. It's no secret that they have a huge impact on company success. These smart people directly influence customer experiences, but how, what is the link of IT to CX? And what are actionable ways to achieve cross department strategic alignment to ensure that customer needs are really met? I'm excited to introduce you to a expert, Michael Buckham White, who answers these questions and more. Michael is currently the Global Technology Managing Director for Deloitte Information Technology Services. He's worked at other highly reputable brands like Premier Global, Weather.com, and UPS. And I can unequivocally say, he is a magnificent incredible credible business leader whom you can learn a lot from. I know firsthand as we worked together in the past. There's no fluff here. He tells you exactly how to lead and win while also being vulnerable. We talk about mistakes and the incredible lessons learned that will leave an everlasting impact on you and hopefully make you think and do differently as a result of listening to several stories. Before we get started, I have a request. Please share my podcast with others who can benefit and leave me a review on Apple, Spotify or other favorite channels. Your feedback means a lot. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome, Michael Buckham White, to the Doing CX Right Show.
1: Stacey, I am honored to be here. I've listened to your podcast, and I'm surprised you asked me to be on it, but I'm thrilled to be here, and hopefully I offer something of value to your audience.
0: I already know that you're going to, and reason I know is because <laughs> we worked together in the past at a sure global company... And the beauty of that company, and like any job, is the friendships you make along the way and that stay with you.
1: 100%. Stacey, that goes back over a decade. It does. Uh, when does. we first met. Not that we're trying to share how old we are. No. Uh, but it was some time ago, and, and we haven't worked together in a long, long time. Uh, and still, we maintain our friendship and connection, and we learn from each other.
0: So much. And that's what work is about. And I know this show right now is not about this topic, but I do have to say to the audience that that work is life. It really blends. Yeah,
1: it really does. It really does. And the people who do that well and leverage those experiences over the course of their professional career, and in some cases in their personal life, tend to be more successful people and and also knowing when to back away, right? You know, and the integration part is so, so critical.
0: Love that. Well, first of all, of course, I know who you are, but the audience might not. So please tell who are you? What do you do for a living?
1: Well, what I do for a living is a little bit, I'll probably answer it a little bit uniquely. I think what I do for a living is to look at challenging problems, and really guide people to be their best in addressing those problems. And typically I'm coming from the angle of this is a business problem and how can we potentially use technology to solve that? Now, that's what I do in theory, but my title is Global Managing Director at Deloitte. And I've got responsibility for a couple of things. Uh, I'm very big into innovation, and I've got responsibility for guiding our global consulting, our global financial advisory and global risk advisory applications and portfolio within technology. Ensuring that we have the best technology to answer our business needs. The other thing I'm responsible for, which is really goes a lot to our history together and most of my career, is I'm responsible for the portfolio around global brand at Deloitte worldwide, that deals with the technology that enables Deloitte.com. Everywhere in the world, all of our member firms in the countries and regions that we serve.
0: I love that you started with what you actually do in your own terms. Because I tell everyone in the job, I mean, a job description is, okay, it's on paper, but really, sure. we mold the Play-Doh. We mold it to be what we believe in, and and that's what you're doing.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. Never a dull moment. There's always something different. And quite frankly, as leaders, no matter what space you're in, whether it's the CX space or some other space, As a leader, you have to be able to pivot. You have to be able to understand what's happening in the marketplace. You have to be able to correlate all that we do to solving problems for the business and to create great experiences for those who use our products, our services, or the technology that enables all of that.
0: Well said. Now let's get to why. And this is really not about... Deloitte, but about what you said in the beginning, which is, why do you choose this path? What, What's your why?
1: Hmm. Goes back a long way, probably more than two decades. And when I was five, no, just joking. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I chose this path because I was confronted with a business problem or an opportunity. I'm a marketing communications guy. Went to school for it, got a master's degree in it. And I was faced with reaching a target audience in a new way. And I was at this company that is no longer in existence today, but it was a staffing company and it was bought out and merged with another company. And they came to me uh, with a challenge that I needed to communicate a particular message or a group of messages to a specific audience. And I said, hmm, let's see how we can do that. And then I started trying to figure out what we could do differently. And there was this thing called, oh, I don't know, the internet. <laughs> and I, I went to the IT department. And I said, hey, I heard about this new, new cool platform. And it's called the internet. And I would like to get my message out to our target audience that way. He said, you're absolutely right, is what the IT person said. It is a cool Cool, cool new medium. But sorry, we're too busy building applications. We can't help you. But here's an HTML book that can help you and you can build your own website. And I took that on as a challenge. And it was very fortunate for me that I was at the very, very early stages, almost at the vanguard of the internet becoming a commercial tool that was viable. And that has really guided me throughout my career. And I think that Getting to the place where I am today, I've been in a number of leadership positions, both within the technology organization as well as the marketing and sales organization. I believe that all of those skills come together and are more pertinent now, more than ever, for leaders in the space because it blends the best, I think, of both worlds. My curiosity two decades ago led me to be this hybrid person that is able to understand the benefit of technology in solving a business problem, and not just from an online perspective, but in all aspects of technology that enables our businesses today.
0: I have to repeat that. Your curiosity then has really gotten you to where you are today. I mean, that is, that's really powerful.
1: It's, it's been a fun journey, and I think one of the challenges, Stacey, is that we tend to get really good as experts in our space. Mm-hmm. And the questions that we ask ourselves seem to be a repeat because our, we're, we're at a, the top of our game, but it is incumbent upon us as leaders in our respective fields, whether that's CX or something else or a combination thereof. To continue to be curious. Because if we continue to be curious, we will continue to learn. We will continue to move towards greater understanding. And it's at that point, that greater understanding that allows us to be exceptional in a particular area, delivering on exceptional experiences that transform business and in some cases, people's lives. Oh, whew. I think that's key.
0: I got chills. That is so good, so powerful. And it's really why I know firsthand how exceptional of a leader you are. But I won't butter you up too you. much this this moment because we've got a lot of material here. Although nothing wrong with uh, <laughs> giving you a big <laughs> clap because it's true. You're so amazing. So, I appreciate you. So what's one fun fact... Work or not work-related that uh, people might not know about you? Hmm. I don't know
1: if you know this. You may know this, Stacey, but I'll share this. What came to mind for me was, fun fact, I took six years to graduate from college and I went to four institutions, if you include Westchester Community College in New York, where I took two classes in the summer. Um, but I bounced around quite a bit and took my time getting out because I eventually landed at Alabama A&M University, a historically black college and university that really allowed me to develop those communication skills and some of the theory that was foundational for my career. And so I sort of bounced around a little bit to get there. The first semester in college, I basically flunked out. Uh, And that was at a different school. But the perseverance in me and somebody really encouraging me to say, hey, you know what, you have the potential for greatness. And I see a lot of great things in you. Get back in there and make it happen. And I know that you'll have an impact in the business world and in society. So. Hopefully that's uh some some people may say hmm, I don't know if I'd tell everybody that but I think it I think it speaks to my journey and I think there are a number of people out there who are struggling young folks who are listening to this podcast may be discouraged by how long it's taking them to achieve their goals but if you persevere and you stay with it it's amazing what you can achieve amazing I, mean,
0: I agree and there's a lot of people especially as we're getting out of this whole pandemic that people yeah. are evaluating what what can I really do? And and mm-hmm. it's okay to have fallen or gone mm-hmm. a little backwards to go forward.
1: Yeah. I think that's okay. Yeah. I think that's okay because we learn a lot, we make mistakes. You know, I'm pretty focused on innovation because I think it 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 goes to the curiosity piece, right? And At one point in time recently, I used to lead all IT professionals in driving innovation within Deloitte across the world. And one of the things that I would talk about in taking risk is that you have to experiment. You have to be willing in a smart way to be prepared to either win or learn. Some people say fail. I'm trying to change my lexicon here to say, yeah, failure is good, but win or learn. And if you are learning in the process of that failure, then you're in the long run, you're winning. You're winning for yourself. You're winning for your team as well as the organization that you serve.
0: I feel a book coming. I feel that's a, that's a good book title. I got to (laughs) say it's, it's so true. Thank you.
1: I have to give credit to a colleague of mine, uh, Angel Ayala based out of Nashville, who I, you know, you're, It's okay to fail, right? And he said, you know what? Let's rephrase that. We can either win or we can learn as opposed to using the negative of failure. I think failure is appropriate in certain circles, but I love the mindset of winning or learning because it makes it okay for the people that we interact with and engage with on a regular basis.
0: Oof, love it, love it. So let's talk about customer experience especially in the technology space, and they're talking Mm. about IT professionals. They have such a critical role, IT departments, an essential role in companies, in business. And truthfully, wherever I've been, they've, they've been my best friends to get anything done, right? So you interact with the IT department, and from my understanding, you're really translating and blending what the front needs are so that they can make it happen. So based Mm -hmm. on that, can you tell me in your perspective, what does customer experience even mean? What Mm -hmm. is the link to IT?
1: Wow. IT technology professionals love to engineer new things. They love to tinker with toys. They love to go out and uncover emerging technologies. And that's all good. That's a part of the job. And in the teams that I have, I've got people who are really, really good at that. And they can basically build you anything as long as they understand what they're building. In the old days of IT and technology, in general product technology, I think people, engineers, would build something that they thought was cool and that showed off their ability to create something magnificent. And I think we could go throughout a litany of companies that have come and gone that had an absolutely stellar technology. However, they didn't take into account what the end user wanted. They didn't necessarily, they built it with an engineering mind without understanding what the customer experience would be when they engaged with the product or the platform. And I think that one of the most critical evolutions of technology organizations and IT organizations over the last two decades uh, have really hinged upon is this idea of understanding what the customer wants and what is the experience that will meet their need. You have to be able to build a technology that keeps the customer in mind. Let me tell you a little story here, Stacy. You made before we met. I worked at the Weather Channel. At the time it was the it was the 10th busiest most thought after website in the world weather.com. And I was charged with reevaluating our e-commerce system, our registration system and how people interfaced with that. One of the things that we did and we were had to really recognize that we weren't just building a web page, right? We weren't just building technology on the back end that actually served it. But we incorporated some new approaches uh, that most people call agile programming today and iterative user design. Mm -hmm. And we incorporated that and built it over an 18 month period to the point where that experience was so rich that I don't remember the numbers, but we increased our revenue considerably, we increased our throughput, and we can talk about that in a few, as well as all of the experiences on the front end, on top of the underlying technology, that revolutionized that e-commerce system on weather.com, to the point that that user experience was so advanced Hmm. that it was in place seven years after that deployment. Hmm. I was long gone, the team was long gone, but that experience was so rich because of the way we built it with the user in mind, with the customer experience in play, making it easier for everybody who interacted with that platform, that it lasted way beyond our intended use. And so I think when you look at things like that and take that as an example, and you have those principles in mind, and you tie that to the idea that we're gonna build a cool and new technology, we're gonna leverage emerging technologies and bring it in. If that user experience is not there, what you have done is decoupled A good, good feeling that comes from a user or a customer from an amazing technology Mm -hmm. that they will never interact with probably again, or they will never get to the end result.
0: If you think about what we did when we worked together, it was that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what was, I didn't even realize at the time was so game-changing, which is we... Created these flanker brands. Mm-hmm. We created these side brands so that we didn't touch the mothership, right, the corporate site, mm-hmm. and did our testing on these other, you know, flanker brands or, or subsets of the brand. learn, test, and then applied it to mm-hmm. the, the main dot com. I mean, yep. that was brilliant.
1: Yeah, and you know, when we were colleagues during this time, we we thought through all of that we you know stacy may not tell you this but she was a pioneer in the space right and um so when everybody else was trying to figure out how to leverage a dot com online properties and 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 the like stacy was at the forefront of that and what we did was so cool because we were taking we were the, we were some of the first people to think about that. Most people at that time were just putting stuff up online and they weren't thinking about the end user's experience. They weren't thinking about those people who responded to an ad and said, "Yep, I think I might want this." Oh, when I get there, you all are making it very difficult <laughs> for me to get to the end result. Yes. Well, if we improve that, then we're able to get more throughput in. And we take that knowledge and leverage it with all of the other brands. Brilliant.
0: It was. Fun I'd,
1: times too, wasn't it? it? We had fun.
0: Oh, it was so much fun. Again, it's the reflection backwards that makes me realize we were we were so ahead of ourselves. UX yeah. was just becoming an acronym, <laughs> but we were we mm-hmm. were doing it and CX. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah,
1: absolutely. And what else do we do, Stacey? Not only did we think about the user, ask some of our customers to give us feedback on their experiences, yes. But then we look at the data, which is I think absolutely critical to customer experience. And I think you do this day in and day out. and whether whatever angle you're coming from, if you're not looking at the data, then you're missing a very valuable piece. And we were very early on obsessing about the data to improve even uh, a half a percentage point of throughput. Because that half a percentage point could be millions of dollars. And I think it was fairly early on with that good obsession that we had. That relentless focus on understanding not only what the customer or the user told us ahead of time, what they told us after, they completed or bailed on our experience, but also looking at the data for those who we couldn't get in touch with to really analyze where we could improve to provide the most fabulous experience we could, not just so we could make more money. Yes, that was the that was the underlying goal, but we created an enriched experience that was then tied to our brand.
0: I love that. Now, taking those, that memory and those actions and the impacts, fast forward to today. Hmm. How do you drive that cross-department alignment? Again, IT technology gurus and experts, gosh, I admire them because they have these skills that I don't. They are so brilliant in crafting these technology experiences. However, they're often internal focused. So now you come in and you're representing the customer. Sometimes I assume it's an internal user and then there's an outside customer. So how do you drive that alignment?
1: Mm. Well, I think one of the things that I do is make sure that our engineers understand we don't build technology for technology's sake, right? We're building it with solving a business problem in mind, and that business problem is usually surfacing from customers or clients and the goal of interacting with us right? Whether it's Deloitte or someplace else, whatever company, you name it. The goal of the business is to make money, almost assuredly. The goal of the end user and the customer is to have a great experience. We want our clients to have a great experience because if they do, then they'll keep coming back to us. So you think you have to, I lay the foundation with all of my teammates, right? Down to the first year developer who might be in India,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right and To ensure that they understand why we are here and what is our charter no matter what the application is. No matter what the platform is, it really doesn't matter. And to really invigorate them in the importance of our interactions with our customers and our clients even before we start to build technology. So to get an understanding from them, as close as we can get, sometimes it's hard. That's part of the hard part, right? It's hard to get close to some of our clients and our customers. But getting as many of my teammates as close to the customer as possible, at least at the feedback level, to understand the why, then ensure that from an operational standpoint, We have experienced experts at all levels of the build. So, the engineering level, at the business requirement level, understanding, digging a little bit deeper into not just that we want this function, but why do you want that functionality? What is it serving? What's the purpose? Ideally in a perfect world, that business requirement requirement reflects that. And so when I've got an engineer with hands on keyboards, trying to build out that functionality in a user story. Mm-hmm. They understand the basis and the why for the customer or the client. So then we can be great partners because it might have been explained to function in a certain way. And some engineers will go ahead and just build it the way they were told, not add any uh, thought process in that. But when they understand the root, when they understand that we're there to create an amazing experience, when they understand the bro- the problem that we're solving, then they might be able to be a strategic partner. That first year developer in India may be a strategic partner by saying, "Hmm, I know the requirements say this." But if we're trying to achieve nirvana in a customer and user experience, we might wanna build it a little bit differently in this way. Hey customer, what do you think? Or here are some options. Now we're talking about not just responding to the customer and creating a great experience, which we can do without all of what I described, but we get to an exceptional experience with an exceptional partnership with our end customers users and clients because we listened underneath the high level business requirements or the very specific engineering requirements and we understand what problem and what experience we're trying to provide mm-hmm. and that Stacy I believe is 100% pure gold because When we build the next technology, we're smarter for it. And we have the trust of our customers and our sponsors to do more than just regurgitate what was given to them at the very high level. That in and of itself is powerful.
0: So to recap, you're helping them understand the why. When they understand the why, then they buy in, they're fully engaged, and you're also giving them an opportunity to be creative, to actually Hmm. contribute to the problem solving.
1: 100%, spot on. And that's where we get magic. Unfortunately, a lot of technologists aren't there. A lot of organizations are not there. It is an evolution. Um, And while you may have it in some pockets, it may not be in other areas. But if you can get an entire organization, which is my goal for the team that I lead, is to be in that space. And it's going to take time. It's going to evolve. The trust doesn't come overnight. But the more we're focused on the experience, the more trust we will garner and the more creativity we add to solving that business problem. Wow. Sky's the limit.
0: And trust is everything. We could go on that for another hour. But time is coming to an end. So I'm going to give you a couple (gasps) of fast questions. I told you this would go fast. So what's the best leadership advice you've ever given or received?
1: Uh, Best leadership advice I've gotten and that I convey back is take care of your people you know i have this philosophy that my job is to make somebody as successful as they can be and as they want to be to provide an environment where they can grow flourish expand their career and do that so they can do an amazing job and 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 have success and be fulfilled and then it's incumbent upon me to make them so good or provide the platform to for them to be so good but then it's on me to retain them And that may not be the case. I may not be able to retain them. Yes. But my goal is to make them as successful as I can, as long as we're working together.
0: Love it. With about a minute left, last two questions. If I had a ton of CEOs and entrepreneurs and leaders in my room, what's the one takeaway, the one advice you want them to remember and apply?
1: Hmm. That's really hard, Stacey, but I'll stay in relevance to the customer experience, the user experience. Give your people permission to ask questions and be curious. Um, Don't shield them from the customers or the clients. Find a way, Mm. whether that's um, in in a recorded session, whether that's in, uh, I don't know, customer sessions, Get as many people understanding what the customer or client need is as possible. Provide that format. Don't get in the way because the more you do that, the more the people on the ground, more of the people who are hands on keyboards, the more the people who are operating will have a better understanding of how to meet the customer and the client's needs.
0: Yes, I think we all need to be the undercover boss <laughs> that that show is so good about. Oh, goodness. Really putting yourself in the in the employee shoes, in the customer's shoes. Yeah. And finally, if you could go back to your younger 20-year-old self, based on what you know now that you didn't know then, what would you tell younger Michael Buckham White?
1: Mm. Ooh, Stacy, great question. Um, enjoy the ride a little bit more. Practice better well-being. Um stay closer to your passions. You'll be more successful. Mm-hmm. It's okay to take some detours and do some different things, but make sure it guides you back to the things that you're passionate about because it, you'll have more energy. Uh, the the more you go up in the leadership path, the harder it is, the more it consumes your time, the more stress you have. If you enjoy what you do more, you'll be more successful, you'll be more fulfilled, and you'll probably live a little bit longer.
0: Mm. So well said. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I know people are going to want to find you. Is LinkedIn the best or something somewhere else for you?
1: LinkedIn is great. That's the platform that I'm the most active on. And uh, you can certainly reach out, refer to this podcast uh, and a reason for us to connect. And I will gladly connect back with you and we'll begin our dialogue.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you again for your friendship, your knowledge, Mm -hmm. your wisdom, and for being here.
1: Stacey, thank you. I'm honored. Thank you for allowing me to be on here. Thank you for being uh, a consistent and good friend, great friend over the years. And I look forward to us and for the next 40, well, we've known each other a long time, not 40 years, but (laughs) a long time. We got 40 more years to go.
0: Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Thank you.